Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host, Jerry. Hello, and welcome to Game Master's Studio, where we'll be talking tabletop role-playing games, tips and tricks that you can use to help bring your game at home up to the next level. Today, we're continuing our talk on disruptive behaviors in games today specifically focusing on interplayer conflict conflicts between players that are going to wind up disrupting your game and how you can kind of help address and resolve those today in the studio my name is jerry host and moderator for the show today with me is jared aka dmf proprietor of mad doc designs creator of the world of wrath and semi-professional dm and ed hey uh Hey, 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 Jerry, can I have some of those, uh, some of those Pringles there? No, you have your own chips. But I want some of those. No. You're stupid and I'm going to create a character to kill you. Okay. All right. All right. So today (laughs) we are talking interplayer conflict. Yeah. Issues that arise between players and how to help resolve those and help keep the game moving Um, again much like the disruptive players probably one of the best ways to handle any of these is to pull the players aside talk to them treat them like adults say this is what's going on this is why i think it's an issue how can we fix this yeah it's sort of the in the middle of the game version of that is the gm just kind of slowing things down Making sure everyone knows what they're saying. It's in character, out of character, that sort of thing. Let's take things a little slow here yeah. for a second. Well, let's hold on. Let's back up a little bit. Let's see what the issue is. You know, if it's sort of an argument, I would say. Yeah. Kind of stop it before it becomes a Mexican standoff. All right. Um, so you did actually mention one of the first things that I absolutely wanted to hit on because we kept bringing this up when we were talking about the show ahead of time. And that's the in character versus out of character. Yeah. Um, I yeah, that's an issue. Yeah, I think you need to also address the source of the conflict. Um, if you have a conflict that arises because Jalen Sneakfoot stole the longsword of Sir Timonius the Pure, and Jalen wound up losing that longsword, and now Timonius the Pure is going around fighting with a club, then yes, Timonius has grounds for a grudge against Jalen. And in game, absolutely, he should be distrustful of the rogue and maybe a little rude towards him. Right. The problem comes in when the players are having issues with the other player because of things that happened in game or things that happened out of game. You need to be able to make that differentiation that something in game entirely valid. You don't need to step in and address that. Yeah. In your example, if the, the, the player who's running Timonius is mad at the player who's running Jalen for stealing that sword. Okay. You could be like a little tiffed, I guess, yeah. you know, maybe call him a jerk for doing it, you know, sort of playfully, right. but it's a game, you know, you should, you should be like, all right, well, whatever, I'll run with it. Um, but if, if the player is actually mad at them for that, then that's when things get disruptive because now you have two people who are going to start getting madder and madder at each other because of something that happened in character, but at least one of them can't handle it out of character and they're taking it personally. 
I'd say that's one of the first things is you. it's a game. You really can't take everyone's actions personally. Sometimes people are going to do stuff that's going to really tick you off, but you got to try not to take it personally. It would probably be one of the first things. Lloyd, Lloyd, you can't triple stamp a double stamp. You can't triple stamp a double stamp, Lloyd. <laughs> and as a GM, you definitely want to you know remind the players, hey, man, it's just a game. Don't take it personally. Yeah, and I know, I know I've had players do things in games I was playing in that as a player, I got somewhat upset at out of character, but right in the moment right now, I can't come up with a single one because none of them stuck. Yeah. You know, you have that, that fleeting anger, but didn't hold on to it. Right. I mean, I can think of a generic example. I, you know, I was, I was playing with this, uh, with this lady who she was very, she liked to, she liked to play. And most of the time she's pretty good. Um, but, if your character had conflict with her character, she, she took it personally. Yeah. So even if it was just character based, she took it personally. I remember one time, the first, the first time that ever happened with me, her character in character did something really shitty to my character, or at least assisted with it. I don't remember the specifics, but I remember like going off on a rant and I went off on a rant in character to the people who have offended me, including her character. And I said some, I wouldn't say super nasty things, but kind of mean things. You were angry. Yeah. And she, character was angry. And then all of a sudden this here came the storm and she started yelling. She started, you know, cursing me. She started doing all these things. And in my head, I'm thinking, why is she so mad at me? And then she got herself so heated that she, you know, like grabbed her dice, grabbed her character and stormed, stormed away. And it was the first time she'd ever really done that with, you know, with me, she'd been in other arguments before. Obviously she's a very heated person, but one of the, the biggest problem was she couldn't make that distinction. And if you're facing a player with that, you really have to know that player and you have to be able to reel them in. Or if someone else at the game, you know, someone else at the game, who's good at reeling that person in, make sure you're on the same page with them and say, Hey, when they go off like this, you know, try to try to reel them back in, especially if there's no real transgression. If one player is instigating a player like that and obviously being a jerk, like we talked about jerks in our last session, then yeah, okay, that person's the jerk. You got to deal with them. But if they're not instigating, they're just playing the game and they're doing so in character and someone can't handle the in character versus out of character part of that, then that's definitely an issue you need to address. You know, if they have friends there, have them help you with that. Talk to them aside, you know, but also you have to be the arbiter and just say, hey, hold, hold, hold on, back up. Why are you so mad? Remember, we're in a, we're playing a game, and he was he was saying what he did in character. He didn't mean any insult to you specifically. Sometimes you do have to back that up and make sure people understand that. Yeah, and that that can also be that can come out of out of a deep immersive role playing. Um, you know, having having had a game where 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 two characters are arguing, and one of the other players in the game steps in to say, let's take a break. And the other players are like, oh yeah, sure. I want to grab a soda. You want me to get you anything? Yeah. Um, oh, I love those. I love yeah. the in character arguments. If you're playing with someone and they're good enough and you, you've got a good enough rapport with them, you can have that in character argument and you both know it's in character. And then once it's over, you know, you might look at them and be like, cool, you know, or something or, or, or whatnot, just to make sure there's no real heat. And usually there isn't because you're both playing in character. Those are great moments. Yeah. Just where you get to, you get to, you get that kind of cathartic release of flipping out on somebody, but you don't have to deal with the fallout of somebody being angry at you. Right. 
Um, although we do, we did want to hit another point that kind of got briefly mentioned or alluded to that I think is a, another very high level thing um, that we wanted to get rid of and get out of the way is there's one excuse for this type of behavior Oh yeah, for the mixing, you know, in character, out of character and the excuse of, well, I'm doing what my character would do. Yeah. It's an awful, awful popular shield to hide behind. Yeah. I'm going well, to my do character would do it because, because it's what my character would do or, well, I have to do that because I'm playing a chaotic neutral character. Yeah. That, or, that's the and, worst excuse ever. Well, I'm chaotic neutral. So I feel like stabbing you right now would be a good idea. Really? Yeah. We, we wanted to get that. Are you also a psychopath? Because that's that's what a psychopath would say. Well, actually, I believe psychopaths are largely chaotic neutral can be a psychopath. Uh, but I would dis I would disagree the way this we, we can argue that for hours later. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, um, but saying it's yeah, what we, my we, character would do is a way of saying I don't want to take responsibility for what I've done. Right. Uh, we have a, a different session on alignments. So for all the talks on that go ahead and do that we're not going to touch on that on this yeah, one i really wanted to just now but i had to say no yeah um they made me there yeah um, well that's what your character would have done yeah exactly <laughs> so but know, yeah i was saying saying that's what my character would do first of all that's just a huge cop out so and you have to know that like sometimes it's legit you know i mean but you can tell the legit moments i i, I played a uh uh a life cleric dwarf who was very devoted to the dwarven God. And he was going through a ton of shit trying to save the world or the country, at least that he knew of everything was going wrong. And then in his God, wasn't talking to him, wasn't helping him. And he was begging for assistance. And finally he did this. He accidentally let loose a Draco Lich which was one of the worst things you can do. Uh, and so he said, you know what? I'm done. And damn near threw himself off a cliff into a pit of lava. And I, cause I, I sat there and I thought about it for like five minutes before I did it. And I, I probably disrupted the game a little bit because I just wasn't doing anything. I was thinking, but eventually I came to that and I'm like, he's done. He's just ruined everything. He's done. And I, and I said, I think my character would be done here. I, he's just going off this edge. That's a real moment. Whether you agree with whether that works or not, you know, whether you as a GM, you let it happen or you let the God intervene, whatever. That's a legit, that's what my character would do a moment, but just doing things to, you know, to annoy people to disrupt the game and then claiming my character would do it, uh, you know, just because, well, I'm a rogue, so I'd steal things. No, that's not what being a rogue necessarily means. That's yeah. what being a thief means. The the whole that's what my character would do thing like i don't care about that term 99% of the time yeah. the only time i care about that excuse is when it's interrupting or disrupting the game or the players at the table and that's when there is a higher you know like and even if it is a one like okay if it's one of those like even if it is 100% legit that is exactly what your character would do like i've watched you play your character since level 1 you're level 19 we've been playing this character for a year that is exactly what your character would do but it is totally disrupting the you know the game right now. There's a higher power right. at work at all times, ever making sure that everyone at the table is having fun. I, I would make the counter argument that if it literally is what your character would do, and through a long process of role playing this, level one to nineteen or whatever, you you played a long game. If it really is something your character would do, 
then by that time, it's not disrupting the game because you, you know that you are unlikely doing things that are disruptive because you are playing your character. Well, I mean, I'm not think I can't think of any situations off the top of my head, but the the point is if what you're going to do is going to disrupt the game or is disrupting, you know, what's going on, there's always, you know, then the excuse of that's what my character would do is not an excuse because there is a higher power at all times that everyone is there to have fun and everyone is there to make sure that everyone else there is enjoying themselves. You know what I mean? Like you, there is a, you know, by getting together as a group, you've all agreed that we're here to have fun. We're here to enjoy playing this game. Saying that's what my character would do is not an excuse that overrides that. Exactly. No, I agree with that. There there is a pact in place that is unbreakable no matter what the situation is. So saying, well, that's what my character would do is is null and void in any of those situations if it's going to be disruptive. Right. So, I mean, I understand what you were saying. We're like, well, if if that's how it's been working and it hasn't been disruptive yet, then it shouldn't be disruptive now. But if for whatever reason, I can't think of off the top of my head, if it is going to be disruptive, then then your argument is null and void by saying that's what my character would be. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you are playing a, a, a character that really likes shiny things and you've always been going around and grabbing the shiny thing. Okay, well, that's what you've been doing. That makes sense. And you've probably dealt with some consequences of that. Yeah. You know, at the end of the story, if the shiny thing is the thing that if you take it off its pedestal, it could rip the world apart, then maybe the rest of the group should in character restrain your character. Yeah, exactly. They should know that that's what your character is going to do. Because that is what you're you're already going to do. do. Sure. But if you've never been doing it and all of a sudden the end game shiny thing, you're like, oh, my character is going to go grab that because it's shiny. Yeah. No. Well, that no, that's not what your character could do would do because you haven't been playing it that way. Right. Yeah. And I get that. Like you said, you know, that's a great example. And like I, I grab shiny things because not only would all the players know that and know to take countermeasures against that, but the right. DM would know that and have purposely put that in front of their face. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, yes, that's perfectly fine. All right. So. The that's what my character would do, and we're going to actually try to get into to the meat of this, which is talking about how to handle some of those conflicts. Oh yeah, um, that's what my character would do is often used as an excuse um, for stealing from other players, yeah, or picking fights with other players, like in game, like physical conflict between players. You know, whether it's two players, you know, in a Wild West game insisting that he's the fastest gunslinger in town and challenges the other guy to a duel to prove it or the barbarian needing to prove that he's tougher than the fighter. Um, and of course, stealing is the issue with the rogue stealing people blind, just, you know, stealing from all the other party members. Um, how do you address that going on in game? You know, even after they've used, you know, that's what my character would do. And you've shut that down. How do you continue? How do you how do you address those type of problems? Well, I would explain to them what I just got done saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the problem is it was a really good explanation there. Yeah, Uh, you know, definitely the ways you can handle that. You know, if you have a barbarian that has to prove you stronger than everyone, that's fine. But it, it has to be in character and you have to make sure the player understands, you know, just because your character would do it doesn't mean that it's not going to disrupt the game. So let's find let's find a different way to do this. You know, if you guys want to wrestle, that's fine. We could do a thing where you guys wrestle, but we're not going to have you kill the other character. You know, and if the thief is, you know, stealing from everybody, have someone re- have someone realize it. You know, you go through the group, you get treasure. You know, you're going to get a whole bunch of gold. 
I, I, and you know what? I, I, I will admit I played a, a rogue in a game once who was the money handler. He, 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 for whatever reason, I decided my character was going to be the money handler. My character said, okay, I'll handle it all. I'll divvy it all up and, and that sort of thing. And I don't know why they trusted me because I had been playing the character super shady. So I'm like, okay, well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to skim 20% off the top and that's mine. And then I'm going to, whatever's left, I'm going to divide amongst the rest of the group. And I kept or doing that. Divide among everyone, including yourself. Including myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's including taking twenty off the top and then getting a cut. So there's yeah. six of us. I take twenty percent off first, and then the other eighty percent gets divided six ways, and I get a cut. So and then I kept buying these items that no one else could afford, and they're like, "How are you getting this? How are you doing this?" Well, the only one I told about this was the GM. You know, and I waited a couple sessions first because. I knew that the second I told him he was going to make sure someone noticed. So I waited a few sessions, but then, but then I, I texted the GM and by the way, I've been skimming 20% off the top of all the treasure for the last few sessions. No one's noticed yet. Well, you know, maybe someone should notice in a couple of sessions and he actually waited a few sessions, but then everyone was noticing all the really cool things that my character had. And everyone else was like, man, I still can't buy a plus one sword. You know, this was back in Pathfinder when those things were up for grabs. Yeah. Yeah, I actually have uh, I have a similar situation in one of the games. I'm and let me reiterate. I apologize, Jerry. Let me reiterate. I was a jerk for doing that. <laughs> so I want to I want to state that right now. I was a jerk just because my character would do that doesn't mean that I should have done that. And I should have let the GM in on it immediately. Like I tell the GM, this is what I'm going to do. Probably no one's going to notice, but this is what I'm going to do, you know, or at the same time, maybe just not have done it. But so I'm sorry about that, Jerry. Go ahead. I actually have a similar situation in my game um, where the rogue is taking care of the money and and skimming, you know, making sure he gets more. But the care, the player has been an out of character, very open about what he's doing and what he's trying to get away with. And right now, all of the other players have an agreement like, sure, we'll let him do it because it's part of his character and it's not really hurting anybody. Right. Um. And, you know, it's kind of a funny thing, haha, going on, which really kind of opened my eyes to an easy way to stop these character conflict, interplayer conflicts yeah. is you can't really have a conflict between two players if one of them doesn't want that conflict to be there. That's right. If the barbarian says, I'm going to prove I'm stronger than the fighter, the fighter has the option of saying, dude, you don't have to prove anything. I know you're stronger than I am. The rogue who could steal from the party might decide that it's not a good idea to steal from the people who are keeping watch while he's sleeping out in the wilderness. That's right. You know, you the players have to make that conflict happen. And you can have players who are mature enough to do stuff and have a fun ongoing storyline that doesn't have the conflict between the team. Right. Yeah. If you take the blindfolds off the situations, then it doesn't seem as shady too. you know what I mean? Because then whether like, OK, if you told me right up front, hey, by the way, guys, like I'm a I'm a shady rogue, I'm a jerk or whatever. I'm going to take 20 percent off the top of everything. As long as like we have that conversation up front, kind of like how Jerry, you know, in his situation, you know, his party, you know, the, the rogue, you know, kind of was open about everything then the fact that I'm in on the joke, so to speak, might make me more willing to accept the situation than to, right. you know, have it be like, you pulled the wool over my eyes. How dare you get away with this? Yeah. You know, because it kind of instantly, you know, as humans, as regular people, we don't like having, you know, we don't like things being pulled over on us. Yeah. You know, but if we're part of the, you know, part of the situation from go, you know, if, if it's all done out in the open and we agree upon it, then we're part of the joke. We're part of the story. Oh, that's totally cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You know, and then like, and once or twice, somebody has tried to do the math 
yeah in character and figure out if everything was split up equally and the dice have just supported the joke yeah <laughs> that's great i had I love when the dice support the joke. Yeah. I, I have a story for that, but I won't get into it because it doesn't yeah. relate. But it's it's that's always fun. It's also helpful that it's the lower intelligence people that are trying to do that. <laughs> so. so, yeah, I mean, like with the idea of the whole like barbarian, like I need to be, you know, I want to I want to fight the fighter because I want to prove that I'm stronger. It's like, well, you know, at a game like stat, do you have a higher strength stat than he does? Yes. Do you have the wrestling feat? Yes. All right, well, you guys don't need to roll this fight out. You know what? I'm the DM. I'm like, you guys get in a little tuffle. The barbarian wins. Ta-da. It's close, but he wins. Yeah. Yeah, because he's got the he's, he's stronger and he's got yeah, the skill. Yeah, he's, he's stronger and he's got the skill specifically for this. Like, you know, he's been doing this his whole life. Yeah. You put up a good fight. He, you know, he respects you for putting up a good fight. But, of course, he's going to win. He knew he would win. Yeah. You know, he doesn't respect anyone less for losing. He would respect them. You know, he just, that's just the way it is. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is you can remind the the player that, you know, if they have a sort of trait or background trait or in their personality that might is power, then, okay, well, you might feel that you have to be in a dominant position. You might feel that you have to say, I'm the strongest one here. But at the same time, if your character isn't stronger than that other character, you might consider them the leader. Or if you are stronger than them, that doesn't mean you don't like them. You still respect them for being strong. You know, so that character should still respect that character for being strong. There might be a little rivalry to see, you know, who can climb the wall faster or who can, you know, yeah, you know, you know like do the athletics harmless rivalries, you know, like I can hold my breath longer than you, you know, I can, I can arm wrestle, you know, you know, better than, you know, this guy, this, you know, for many hours and blah, 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 blah. Just, I bet I kill more orcs than you do. And right. I was going to say, I think, I, I think a cooler way to play that out would be instead of like the players getting, and of course this comes down to how the player chooses to play his character, which is yes. what we're addressing specifically. But I would, as a DM kind of coming like, well, how about instead of you flat out wrestling the fighter, every combat you try to out kill him, you know, like the dwarf right. and the elf and freaking Lord of the Rings. And it's, you know, like I killed more orcs than you, you know, ha 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 ha. And you can, you can also have a stone. It counts as one. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also have the, um, as the DM, you can have opportunities arise for them to show how powerful they are. Exactly. Um, yeah. I'm actually specifically remembering one of my favorite moments from the uh, Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes cartoon, which was Gravitron was going on and on about how powerful he was. And he bellowed out, I am the strongest one there is, just as Hulk showed up behind him. <laughs> which gave Hulk the wonderful moment of getting to beat the crap out of him and proving that, no, I am the strongest one there is. <laughs> right. There's no one stronger than the Hulk. So, you know, your you're barbarian and fighter settle who's stronger. Okay. And now here comes an ogre champion. Looks like the barbarian's going to have to fight for his title. Right. Yeah. So as, as a GM, I guess one other thing you could do is when you talk to the player, suggest maybe they make a different character. If that's what their character would do and they're being disruptive all the time, then ask them maybe make a different character that wouldn't do that. Yeah, maybe this character you know? is better for a different game with uh, a different group. Exactly. You know, uh, actually, this game I've been playing, my first character was uh, kind of a brash ranger with a, a very low intelligence, and I played him very stupid. I did some absurd things with him, and the whole idea was he was just supposed to be dumb and do some dumb things and be kind of a fun character because of his stupidity. But then it got disruptive because everyone was sort of following his lead, and we weren't doing anything in the game and we were getting sidetracked. So after a few sessions, I decided, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to change this character because he's too disruptive. 
And that's what, that's what I ended up doing is just, I got him out. I could see that it was happening. So I got him out of there. So, you know, as a, as a GM, you know, talk to your players and be like, look, you know, I, you know, your character is fine and I get that you would do that, but it's being really disruptive. So either that character needs to stop doing that, or you need to make an, maybe think about making a new character that wouldn't do that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a whole new character. It could still be a barbarian berserker, but you just tweak his background, his personality. You know or I mean? if you want to play the same character, yeah. you'd be like, oh, you take a huge hit on the, you know, you fight an ogre and he smashes you on the head. And then just in character role play, he doesn't do that thing anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, you know, not really scientific, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's you a, know, a, it's you a, could, a character. You could play it up like maybe now you have amnesia because you just got hit on the head really hard or, you know, they gave you a whole new life perspective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A new perspective. Um, also, another, another way to, to handle these character conflicts in character have it be addressed by a character from outside the conflict. Um, DMs can recruit their players or players can take the initiative to see a disruption. Um, I personally had one where we had two characters that were fighting and they had their little snippy back and forth, which worked was fine. It was part of the character. And then it got us in trouble once. After that, my character ripped into the both of them in that you guys want to mess with each other that's fine but when you start neglecting your duties when you start putting us all in danger now i have an issue with it you know another player can step in and help resolve that problem by pointing out how it is being disruptive in character and how it is something that needs to be you can put people slash characters in their place too with npcs you know like not even necessarily like calling them out on like look this was disruptive to the group or you know this put the party in jeopardy but like, again, like taking the, the fighter barbarian who's stronger scenario, because like maybe the fighter is bleeding into it too. Like, no, I'm strong. I'm better than you. No, I'm better than you. No, I'm better than you. And then this NPC, you know, like the, 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 the beautiful princess comes into, you know, and like you guys are wrestling back and forth and all of a sudden, like, you know, like the barbarian wins, like, ha 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 ha. I win. Don't you think I'm awesome? And then the, you know, the beautiful princess kind of like shames them both, but like you guys are both ignorant and you're, you know, Neanderthals. I'm going to go over here with the smart rogue and hang out. I'm like, what, what, but we're trying to be extra, you know, like masculine and, and testosterone driven. And the pretty girl likes the smart nerdy guy in the corner better. <laughs> Cause that happens all the time in real life. <laughs> oh yeah. Every time. But you know, but you can, again, it's a way yeah. that you can kind of shame them or address the situation without being like, yeah. well, you guys are being dumb. Right. And by the way, speaking of that's what my character would do. Garm is in character trying to prove that he is the best gnawer of, of bones in the room. That's what his character would do. He's going to town. So if you hear that in the background, that's probably all that is. He is the garmiest. He is. Is playing other players' characters. So what we have here is what happens when somebody is taking an action or trying to figure out what they should do. And maybe the player next to him goes, oh, you should do this. Or Or, no, that's not what you would do. Or take take this spell. Or you should take a level in this class. Or, you know playing other people's characters for them on the surface. It doesn't always look like conflict. And that's part of what makes it difficult because it looks like helping. And the person who's doing it may feel like they're helping, but they're not. They're actually, they're removing the other characters individuality. They're giving away. Yeah. And whether the player says anything or not, they they're typically resentful of that situation. Like, you know, unless they're a brand new player that specifically asks for help or a suggestion, most of the time you're dealing with players that have been doing this for a while. So even if they're a little bit hesitant on what they should be doing, the, you know, you, 
the other player coming in saying, uh, you know, well, what you really want to do is take this skill and do that and use this weapon and do this one thing. And I'm just going to be sitting there like, shut up, leave me alone. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. Or you want to take this action or use this spell or something along those lines. I will say I'm halfway guilty of that. I don't think I'm totally guilty of that. It might be. What I, I do something where I'm playing leader type characters where I do sort of uh, battlefield leadership. Like I'll try to in character on my turn, tell people what I think, what my character thinks they should do based on the abilities he knows they have. Go flank them. Or- yeah. Go flank them. You know, use your spell here. You know, do this thing, do that thing. I, I, I try to do that. One way, if someone's doing that, but they're they're taking advantage of that, one thing you can do is sort of rein them in, be like, okay, you can say a sentence, a yeah. quick sentence, mm-hmm. you know. And like you yeah, can literal you can battlefield say, commands. Yeah. yeah, you can say go or, flank them. Don't say, okay, move 20 feet north, now five feet northwest, and now five feet southeast, and now you'll be, you know, on their edge where right. you can get advantage so you can use this ability. Yeah. Yeah. I also see that as being different as like you're in character spouting yes. off a suggested no, command action as opposed to you being a player saying, dude, what you need to do is go over behind this orc and backstab them, and then with your other attack move 20 feet over here and get this dude because of blah, 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 blah. Right. You know, it's a big difference, telling, a exa- difference you know, yeah. telling the player exactly what to do in combat as opposed to you role playing your character who's in a leadership position saying, get around behind this dude. Right. No, exactly. Because then, then it's up to them whether they do it or not still. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that was my intention was to point out that those are different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if your character is sort of the battlefield commander and you're sort of telling people what to do, that's fine, but do it in character. Tell them what you think you want them to do. And even as a GM, if someone certainly seems like they're getting away with a lot of that, you know, maybe say, okay, well, you can tell one person per round basically what you want them to do as maybe your bonus action. If you want to tell everyone what to do, well, that might have to be your full action, you know, or if you want to take a dodge action, that's fine. And you can tell everyone what to do. But basically if you're, you, it's going to be real hard to be going in there and a attacking everything as the fighter or whatever, and also telling everyone else what to do on the battlefield. You got to take a second to do that. An action in D&D is six seconds. All right, take an action to do it. No big deal. You know, walk up, get in the way, and tell everyone else what you think they should do. But then when it comes down to their action, you're absolutely right. You Out of character, let them do whatever they want. Maybe you think they should fireball this group, but they think instead what they should do is they should uh, uh, conjure uh, animals, and they conjure a bunch of animals to, to help with the fight. Okay, great. So they didn't do a massive amount of damage, but what they did do is bring in uh, more action economy. Strange furry little fireballs. Yeah. yeah. Also, they they brought in some damage. Some, so yeah. you know what I mean. Like people now, they're going to be wasting their attacks attacking these animals instead yeah. of hitting us. Yeah. Now yeah. they have a bunch. They have a bunch of animals there. Yep. New targets, know, and they're not going to be tough. They're not going to do a lot, but they're going to delay them, and that's the whole point. They might get an attack off here and there, uh, but really they're just going to delay everything. It's just a control tactic. And, you know, maybe you as a player think a fire fireball is the best, the best spell for that scenario, but they as a player really want to do conjure animals and they think that's the best option for the spell. Yeah. Cause there's lots of variables too. Like I've been trying to find a spot to conjure animals forever, but I haven't had a good spot for it yet. Or right. you forgot they had that spell, you know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, again, making or a you suggestion think that fireball is just that. fits all situations. Yeah. I mean, you have to let each player make their own decisions and, and this, this is even in character building. When, when you're helping someone create a character, they have to sort of make their own decisions. You know, okay, if they're, 
if they're a fighter and they're not going to put one of their highest stats in strength or dex, then you might want to tell them, well, you might want to reconsider that because that's going to be rough for you, but they don't have to do it. You can get away with it. You know, I'm going to put my highest stat in intelligence and I'm going to be a general. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. I'm a battle tactician. Motherfucker. You're still a fighter. You're still getting a D10 hit points and yeah. you can still go up and soak. All you have to really do is tank. And so long as you can still do that, that's I, fine. I would think you'd put your highest stat into charisma. Yeah, right. I don't. You don't have to be smart to be a general. You just have to make sure that everybody well, you wants you to be the general. Well, it, there's 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 two aspects to it. Yeah, one's yeah. the intelligence aspect where you have to be able to. Uh, yeah, uh, one's, the, one's good leadership, you know, which would be charisma. Yeah, and one's being intelligent, be able actually be yeah. able to lead your men to victory, which would be intelligence. Right. Yes. Uh, you can fail as long as you're still loved. <laughs> By who? All, all the dead people? Necromancer. Right. right. <laughs> um. So, you know, if you notice one of your players is sort of doing that and they're trying to help build or play the other character, you know, again, you got to talk to them. But maybe a better option is to to suggest to them a course of action or state or if the player wants advice, tell them what their options are, what they can do and let them make the best choice. Yeah, I personally think. And this this isn't in true in every group, especially like in our group where we have several very experienced, you know, people that are often DMs themselves, like the three of us. Right. But in if in my average, you know, say I'm in an average group and like neither of you are a part of it. If a player needed help or was looking for suggestions, let me as the DM give him some help and some suggestions. You know, instead of a whole table trying to fight with him and or, you know, or, you know, one or two right. dom- over dominant personalities at the table trying to tell them what to do. I can give them some, you know, some, some not, you know, some objective feedback. Like, look, you know what? I know you're a newer player or whatever the situation is. You just hit level three rogue. You got either you have an important class subclass decision to make. Right. Here's the points of all three classes. So far, I've noticed you've been playing your character like X. So I think maybe Y might be the more appropriate subclass choice for you. You know what I mean? But let me, is it like, that's one of the reasons that you're there as a DM. Because again, you're kind of the leader of the group. You're you're kind yeah. of like, not necessarily the, like you're the guide. You know, I'm not only guiding you through the story, you know, um, by setting scenes, but I'm helping guide your characters through this story. So if you need any help with your character, you let me know. Because I'm, I, if anyone's being hyper observant of everyone's characters at the table, it's the DM because they need to be able to play off of that and plan for that. So that's where, again, like you know, if you have like, other experienced players at the table, other people that sometimes DM at your table, that's different. But by default, if they need some help, let me help them. Right. Uh, I, I always like to go back to one of the rules I always heard, sort of, or one of the phrases Jerry always spouts is there's there's no ba- there's no wrong decision. Right. Uh, the only bad choice is getting hung up on what choice to make. <laughs> yes, that yes. The idea with that being, you know, maybe one player thinks fireball is better, maybe one person thinks conjures better. You know what? They both help. They both do it. Yeah, okay. So maybe in the middle of combat you don't want to cast tongues. You know, that might not help as much, but maybe you think you can talk your way out of it. Maybe you're the bard with the super high charisma that has persuasion up the butt. <laughs> maybe that's exactly what you want to do, and maybe you roll high enough. And and that's how you talk after, to giants. After Yeah, and after a couple of guys are killed, after a couple of the enemies are killed, the rest of them sort of back off. They're like, all right, mm. you've proven your point, <laughs> you know? For all you know, the whole time giants are chucking rocks like, we don't want to fight you. Right. We don't want to fight you. But we didn't understand what they were remember, saying the whole time. Here, take this gift of rocks. We give rocks to people that we love. Remember, they're just as scared of you as you are of them. Because yes, they're a bug. 
<laughs> oh wait, no, we're we're bugs to them. Yes, yes. Works right. either way. Right. Oh no, an adventurer! <laughs> I better kill it quick. He's got a sword. He'll prick me. Oh, there's him. there's six of them. Oh God! Again? Run, up, run up to the monster, waving my arms and yelling, "I am a predator, and you are not cornered." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So. And we have a couple more specific examples we came up with along the same lines of playing other characters, but they're much more specific. And those two are shutting them down and stealing their actions. Yeah. Um, we'll start with shutting them down. Shutting shutting another player down is when the player goes to do something or say something and another player jumps in with no, don't do that or or or, or no, don't don't. That's say that. not what your character would do. Right. <laughs> Which is a not uncommon thing that I've heard before. You know, it's, it's, yeah. the, it's the other side of the coin. Instead of like, that's what, what my character, instead of that's what my character would do. So when I was coming in and saying, that's not what your character would do or not what your character should do. And another, right. another option for that, that seems innocuous is, wait, why are you doing that? You know, you're asking for the justification, which is almost like asking, you have to ask my permission before you can take that action. Yeah. But basically anything that kind of revolves around or is similar to the the reaction of that's dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like you say, oh, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over and I'm going to pick the lock. No, 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 that's stupid. You know, like that's kind of like when I hear no. And when I hear that tone of no, like whatever follows after that, that's not what your character should do. It's not your character would do. Why are you doing that? Blah, 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 blah. To me, I just, when I hear no, I hear that's dumb followed behind it. You know what I mean? And that's just plain rude. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, don't, don't shut, like, it comes, we, which we've talked about in previous episodes, the whole like improvisation thing, but like you shouldn't be shutting down players just as much as the DM shouldn't be shutting down players in your average situation, other players shouldn't shut down other players. Right. You shouldn't be saying no. You should be saying yes. And you know what I mean? Like this is, you know, if you're improving at the table, either don't say anything or say yes. And you know, like, okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick the lock. Well, okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. And, um, before you get done picking the lock, I'm going to listen to the other side of the door to make sure no one's on the other side of the door, which, because maybe your, your instinct was to say, no, first you want to listen to the other side of the, you know, to see if there's anyone in the other room, you know, but don't be rude. Don't be a jerk. Say, no, you, you can perfectly totally pick the lock. Like while you're picking the lock, I'm going to listen or, or, yeah, or deal with it in character. You know, the rogue says, all right, I'm going to go up and pick the lock. And maybe your character says, you think there's anyone back there? So, or just in character right off the bat, like, okay, well he's picking the lock. I'm going to run over the door and put my ear up to the door and just listen to the other side. Yeah. Or so-and-so, Hey, make a check. Cause you're or so-and-so, Hey, listen to the other side to see if there's anyone over there. Cause you have a better, I know you have a better perception than I do. Or, the ranger, I'm going to draw my bow. I'm going to knock an arrow and I'm going to be ready. So if he opens the door and somebody's standing there, I can shoot him. Yeah. But all these were not, no one's saying no, no one's telling the rogue not to do what they're going to do. These are just all working within the scenario, all just playing off of this, you know, the situation. And they're building on what your character could do. Yeah. What your character should do, because that's what your character will do. Yeah. Cause you're, you're now, exactly, you're building your character and their personality and their awareness and, and kind of the, the motif of, you know, how prepared you are or aren't as a character instead of just shutting down another player and telling them not to do something. Yeah. And if you have a legit concern, like maybe you think they're being too hasty, you're going into a different room or that other thing. You know what? Just let them do it. They'll learn, you know, and it's not even, it's or not die. even a learning thing. Like remember that it's their character and they're going to let, let them do what they want to do. Let them play the game. They might be a hasty character and that's what it boils yeah. down to. But like, then, and if it does 
maybe they do set up a tra- set off a trap. Maybe they do go too far ahead and maybe they get surrounded by monsters, whatever, you know, you go in and you help them cause you're all part of the same group and you're supposed to be trying to survive together. But then after that, you could have your character uh, maybe not so harshly, but sort of admonish them. Like maybe next time you want to check behind the door first. Yeah. I just totally see that moment of like the rogue being on his butt, the fighters and the, you know, everyone, the, the party comes in, saves the day and the fighter comes over and like reaches his hand down to help the rogue up. It's like, Learning experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I hope we learn something today as he helps him to his feet. You know what I mean? Like, and also or the clerics picking him up and healing him. Next time, let the barbarian go in first. Yeah. This is why we brought so-and-so. <laughs> right. And, you know, it, it's, it's just one of those things where you can, you also have to remember your own character. If you're, if as a GM, if you see that a, a player is doing this a lot. Remind them of their own character. Maybe their character is, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, fighter or, or barbarian, you know, and, and maybe, maybe they're also level one and they haven't come up across a whole lot of traps. So why would they be so hesitant to do this? Why would they care? Yeah. Oh, the rogue wants to go open the door. Fine. I'll let the rogue go open the door. If you're a non-magical character who's never seen a cursed item, why are you taking so much precaution just in case something yeah. might be cursed? Yeah, you yeah. don't. I'm using a shovel and putting it in an iron kettle. I don't understand. Okay. Um. So the the okay. Other- you wake up the next morning and the item is in your hand. <laughs> you can't drop it. No. So the other one that I mentioned there was was stealing their action, stealing the spotlight. Um. This is when somebody says using the opening the door example okay you check the door's not locked and someone says okay i'm going to open the door and the other player goes no 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 i'm opening the door you know, they tr- they try to do what somebody else is doing before that person gets the chance to right well yeah. before it gets resolved they try to take over and it's not always going to be as obvious as like okay well I'll, i'm the rogue i checked for you know if, if it was locked it's not locked i say i'm going to open the door and then someone else says no i'm going to open the door if i just check to see if the door was locked or not then the obvious next step is i'm going to open the door right someone jumping in right off the bat and saying well i'm going to open the door like dude like obviously i was going to open the like calm down man like why don't you draw your sword and be ready for what might be on the other side <laughs> right yeah just stealing actions in general like it's it's very obnoxious I, I i don't like it at all you know i i draw my sword and the next thing you know like the mage is like i cast fireball what right. <laughs> well, i'm 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 also thinking this also comes into play a lot with with treasure oh Tre- yeah treasure is a big oh, yeah. treasure is a big thing in dungeons and dragons in general mm-hmm. you find it you find it a reward everyone fights over who's picking it up first right Everyone fights over who's searching the dead body first. That's a big one, too. I think probably the best thing you can do in this situation, you know, if you have a rogue who just opened the door, then, and everyone wants to go next, then what? You, then all you really need to do is say, okay, everyone roll initiative, and you point out the rogue and say, you don't have to roll, you, want, you go first, you just open the door. Fine. You know, or you just pick the lock. That was your action. You just got done picking the lock, you went first, but now you're done. We'll let everyone else go, yeah. you know? Yeah. With the searching the body thing, if the whole party's like, Oh, you know, like, okay. Oh, the, the hill, the hill giant just got killed. And the whole party, like, Oh, you hear like in unison, I want to search the body. Like, okay, who killed it? Who's right next to it? You know, if you just killed it, then in my opinion, like you're the one that gets to search the freaking thing first. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I'm not you, only that. Well, I mean, you drop it. The loot's yours. That's the rule, right? 
<laughs> you could also have, you know, the party is literally like swarming over it like a bunch of rats. That's true. Yeah. And, you know, this person finds two coins and that person finds three coins and this person finds this and that person finds that and this person finds that. Whereas it's, it's all on there. Yeah. It's just split up into very, very tiny treasure portions now because you're all fighting over who gets what. Yeah. I think the best way to handle that as a GM, uh, there's a few ways you can handle it, actually. Uh, one thing you could do is say, okay, sure, and have them all sort of swarm the body and then have some sort of other creature come out from from the shadows that they didn't notice before or something. Something came out of hiding, and it's like, oh, well, they're all searching the body? Okay, well, it, mysteri- round. mysterious creature he gets a surprise round. Maybe they attack. Maybe they run away. Who knows? But, well, all of you are checking the body. So none I'm of you can see it. for having like the little like the boss or mini boss situation of like, like, well, you fell X, but X just turned into Y like, oh, you dropped the Terminator. Well, now he's a fire elemental. Like, yeah. Oh, everyone quick. Everyone search a Terminator. Uh, oh, well, now he's a, now you're all surrounded by you know surrounding this fire elemental. Boom. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and I know we've, br- we've brought this up before, but my my go to is, OK, everybody roll search. You rolled the highest, you find this. Yep. You rolled second highest, you get this. Yep. You rolled third highest, you get this. You know, or again, you just keep initiative order. Maybe someone just went, they felled the thing. Everyone says, I want to search. You can be like, okay, well, uh, well, Dave was next up in initiative. Go ahead and roll search. You know, and we'll have we'll have Dave, we'll have Dave search the body. Yeah, I definitely you know, no like problem. the idea that you had said though, like that more things come out though, because your first priority should be securing the perimeter securing the area that you're in and making sure yeah. it's safe. Your first thing that comes out of your, out of your mouth shouldn't be like dive into its butt. It might have a gold watch up there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I, I find those things ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I know that I know the old, uh, some of the old guy Gaxi and stuff they put in there was, was crazy, but you know, I, I, as a GM, I don't commonly put treasure in things, you know, gullets or, or asses or whatever anymore, just because it's it, hilarious. Who, I mean, who would honestly, you just killed the thing. Are you really going to cut its belly open to see what's in it? Chris would. I know there's some people who would. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I suppose. Things have been dissected in some of our games. <laughs> uh, sure. I can't remember if it, if it was one of the games we were in or one of the other ones I was in. We killed the Displacer Beast and one of the, car- one of the players immediately said they wanted to cut off its tentacles, cut off the tail, shave or skin it for the pelt, scoop out the eyeballs, pull out the teeth, pull out the claws. And like just this list of stuff like they're just completely dissecting and breaking it down. And we're just like, do we have time for that? <laughs> right. Um, I actually, and you do have to keep players in line. I actually, one of the, the, the character I'd mentioned this before, uh, the character that had the low intelligence, the Ranger who was ended up being disruptive actually just before he left, there was an issue where one of the, a couple of the other players, every time we felled someone, they would do that same thing. Oh, I'm going to go search the body. I'm going to go search the body. And like it had, they were sort of railroading people. Things were starting to get disruptive, that sort of thing. And I, I made a poor choice, but I needed, I needed to make a statement and I decided to do it in character. And my character was sort of getting fed up with it. So we were actually fighting this, the, these one group of creatures. We had just defeated what we thought was the last one, but there was also a coffin in the room and something was getting out of it. And one of the players said, I'm going to search the thing that we just killed. So on my next action, I shot him. And then once the, and he went down and then we defeated the thing from the coffin. And then once he got back up, I in character berated him 
uh, you know, and, and I, I had, I had to make sure afterwards that he knew it was in character and that I wasn't mad at him, but it was in, it was, it was all character stuff. Cause he's kind of a new player. Uh, and you know, I told him specifically that harm that you're harming the group when you do that, because something else was about to attack us and we didn't know we could take it. So, you know, and maybe that's, maybe that's me overstepping my bounds a little bit. Um, it wasn't railed, you know, it wasn't being railed in by anyone else. So I thought, well, maybe, maybe I'll take the initiative on this and just see how it goes. But that's that, you know, that's something you can do is your, your, your character's actions are going to have consequences and that's the best way you can deal with a lot of these situations. Yeah. Okay. Your character's doing things that don't make a lot of sense or you're disrupting the game or whatever. Make there be some sort of consequence. Two players are arguing. All right. Well, while you guys are arguing, the, the creatures from the next room heard you and now they're attacking you. And you know what? Uh, uh, a 15-minute fight against three or four monsters might quell everything, might calm everyone down. And by the end of it, um, you know, they might say, okay, well, we still disagree on this, but let's keep going. Another thing you can do for uh, one of my last notes on the whole, if you're having problem with all the, the, the characters fighting over who gets the action of like, with treasure specifically, mm-hmm. start throwing those cursed items out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, y'all just fought for a cursed item. You win. Congratulations. <laughs> I do, I do want to say that for, for, your, for your ranger story, I was expecting you to make the statement in character by having your character pull out an oil bomb and just firebomb the corpses. There now, nobody gets to search him. Uh, that's one thing you could do. What's well, funny because that's what came to my mind while he was talking. I was like, you know what you could do is just if this is a constant, ongoing problem, it's just anytime you defeat a monster, they just turn to goo, like you yeah. know, just like video, almost video game style. They just like all melt equipment and everything. Just everything just melts into a puddle of goo that all you see is like a coloration on the floor. Yeah, a few seconds later, they fade away. Yeah, they just <laughs> just gone. They blink a couple times. A couple coins pop up in the air. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> right. All right. So let's, uh, we're going to wrap that up for today. Um, but talking about just different options for interplayer conflict. If you definitely like to hear more about this, feel free to hit us up. If there's any topics you'd like to talk about, definitely give us a shot. We will, you know, we hear that people want to hear stuff. We move it up to the top of the list. So let us know what you want to talk about. Uh, we are available on Facebook, of course. We are on Twitter, GMS Studios. We have message boards at GameMasterStudio.ProBoards.com. And we are set up on Patreon if you'd like to show your support that way. Patreon.com slash GameMasterStudio. We are back here each week with new content. And we'll see you the next time that we're in the studio. <laughs>